Everybody, 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 drop your Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross. I am Evan Ross Katz. And we are here talking Survivor 45, Episode 6. I'm not Batman. I'm the Canadian, which is something I say all the time. Mm. It just occurred to me now this is a Caleb reference. (laughs) It is a Caleb reference. And I saw that, I think it was Survivor Fact Checker was like, I don't, because they announced the episode titles like a few episodes in advance. Yeah. So they're like, well, obviously Caleb's still in the game by the time this episode airs. It's a little obvious. Yeah. Well, because he's the only Canadian. Uh-huh. And wasn't there also something that I think I saw about like there being, like there was a spoiler based off of like the the next time on Survivor or something? Uh, yeah, I talked about this. I think it was episode two. The the It wasn't in the next time, but it was in the promos they aired during the week. It showed the Lulu tribe walking into tribal with their torches lit, which mm. meant that it wasn't just footage from the first episode. <laughs> Do you know that's when funny? they light their torches. It's like, they're they're telling us, they're like, oh, we're going to put Easter eggs into like the opening credits. Uh-huh. And it's like, little do they know, <laughs> unbeknownst to them, <laughs> there are Easter eggs, the bad kind, spoiler Those are actual Easter eggs. Easter eggs. Yeah. yeah. So, oh well. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, it was a big episode for Caleb, big episode for Canada. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. We have the Mergatory. It's pretty early here with like 13 i believe left it feels really early i think i said this last week it just feels really early for the mergatory i would have liked another round of voting as tribes i just really wanted to see that new lulu tribe which is made up of all the bellows plus caleb i wanted to see them go to tribal and see how that shook out yeah i'm just having trouble with the timeline and maybe this is always the case but like it's day 11 so we're two days out from the halfway point of the game, but this episode begins with 13 players. So it just feels strange that like, again, like we're nearly halfway, but we're not even close to halfway in terms of people left. So that part was confusing. And then, yeah, to your point, I feel like if you're going to do a swap, we need to have more time to establish the legitimacy of the swap mm-hmm. uh, rather than it be one round. Because I found myself this episode, especially when it came to like Reba, like I had forgotten that Dee and Julie were aligned with Drew and Austin. Um, I know it had just been like two episodes, but I was like, when they were like, oh, we're looking forward to having them back. I was like, I didn't, I forgot that who was who. <laughs> and I was reminded of Australia because you have so much t- Survivor Australia, not Australian Outback, but Survivor Australia, because you have so much time with the swap that when they finally do come back together, they've had like a whole week, if not two weeks, of playing the game with the new tribe. And they're truly being reunited with people that that they were playing the game with weeks ago, and now they're back. Whereas this was sort of like, oh, we'll do one round. Well, they did two rounds. They did two rounds rounds. because we had Sean go home and then Brando. Fair, fair, fair. My my mistake. But, but still, needless but to say, still, I think like, we yeah. both could agree more would be more time would be better. I think you're right because you see everybody come back together and it really defaults back to original tribal lines where I think that in a swap scenario, what you want to happen is for there to be enough time and enough votes happen that those original tribal lines are thrown into question because maybe Mm -hmm. you've moved on from that and you've found a new plan. So, you know, Emily has joined up with Drew and Austin and, you know, she knows that they have Julie and Dee over on the Rebus. And so, you know, maybe she doesn't need Caleb anymore. And like, granted, she votes for him in this episode, but we can talk about why. But I, I feel like what you want when the tribes come back together is for there to be like a little awkwardness there to be like, well, I've kind of got this better plan. I could see if I can bring you in, but like no guarantees here. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what we got, <laughs> but we, we did get a jam packed episode. And I have to say for the first time, I felt like I needed the 90 minutes and I was happy with it. 
I felt like seeing everybody come back together, not only that, but having a little action at the Lulu camp with Bruce finding uh, the new hidden immunity idol, which, which this beware, like, there wasn't a lot of stakes in this one. I mean, like, granted, he had to dig in the middle of camp, but like, as we saw, it wasn't that difficult. And then it's just like activated. He doesn't have to do anything more. Also, I guess my I have a question just like, so do, do the producers bury the idol once they determine where the castaways have put the shelter? Uh, yeah. So, the, I mean, this idol is replacing Sabaya's idol, I would imagine. And so this is like a mid-pre-merged planted idol. But we've had instances in like way back when, when idols were planted under shelters where there was like an entire, like you had to literally get underneath the shelter uh-huh. to dig. Whereas this had like a, there was a giant hole in the middle of, the, or a giant like split in the shelter. Yeah. So you weren't even having to like, I mean, sure, in theory, I guess the producers were like, they'll have to do this incognito, but mm-hmm. like just digging around in dirt or, or sand, whatever it is, um, I, I, yeah, I wanted there to, this to be a little bit more challenging. I think it's more challenging than you give it credit for. I think it's circumstantially it wasn't that challenging because Bruce had the support of everybody else in his tribe mm-hmm. except for Keturah to find the idol. I think that had Bruce found that solo or had Keturah found it or somebody else, I mean, I can't imagine that had Caleb found it, that he would want to share that with everybody. But given Bruce's stature, it seems, in the original Bellow, which this tribe is completely made up of, like, I think he felt pretty safe, you know, just bringing them all in and sharing that he found it and then making that so much easier for him to find. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, had Katura found it, which, of course, she had been looking in the previous episode— it would have been a lot more difficult for her, I think, to get the shelter alone. Mm-hmm. So I think that's circumstantial. And it and didn't seem to be hard to find. Mm-hmm. And just because we're touching down on him, I do want to say Bruce, once again, identifying himself as a celebrity oh, is my God. fantastic. Um, <laughs> I do really think that Bruce is an important figure in this cast. There's a an over-the-topness that he doesn't have, that mm-hmm. like he says <laughs> yeah. things that are seemingly over-the-top, but the delivery is so earnest. And I appreciate, like, the editors for not giving him, like, the... what You know, the music I'm talking about mm-hmm. that, like, makes him seem like he... It's like, he's saying these things and no one is questioning the validity or the ridiculousness of it. And I think that's a good thing, because I think it's... um. In his mind, he is a celebrity. And for all we know, his experience of returning home from this show was that of feeling like he was a celebrity. And so I say own it, baby. Yeah, it's truly wild. I can't believe he said, I'm a celebrity who's been on TV. This is coming off the heels of him name dropping Kane earlier Mm -hmm. in the season, um, talking about all the videos and memes that were made of his head, which like, I didn't see any of those, but none. Hey, if I was the one that had my head smashed, I would, I'd be seeing them all. So yeah, Bruce was giving star this week. He was. Do, (laughs) do you want (laughs) to? Well, uh, let's address the elephant in the room here. We asked for some feedback last week on the star of starless. And I have to say like pretty polarizing question, but Given, you know, I did some scientific research in, and by that I mean that I scanned quickly the comments and I saw overwhelming stars. But, but people do feel strongly both ways. So, mm-hmm. but the, you know, the majority rules here, there's no shot in the dark for the starless camp. Uh, star, starless is here to stay. Have we ever gotten this much feedback on anything we've asked before? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because, like, we were nearing hundreds, plural, Uh, of responses. Hundreds, yeah. Yeah. Hundreds Uh, of responses. And, like, that's not it. They were showing up. We were getting them on our Patreon. Uh, People were talking about it. We also got them on Spotify has this new feature where you can comment on the episode. We were getting uh them there. Wow. Uh, We'll definitely have to incorporate We got another new review on Apple Podcasts about the Star of Stars. They didn't like it. The new one? Five stars, Uh, but they didn't like the Star of Starless. But look, I can't please everyone. 
we'll have to uh, incorporate this into our 2024 live show. Live show? <laughs> we're doing... Yeah, we're so doing we're, a live so, show, show. So there's a show. There's a show. Okay. There's a show. <laughs> More on that soon. Um, I just want to say that I we fully hear those that do not like it. I did see a number of comments that were like, we don't like it because it's not productive, because we're not sort of giving any more reason as to why. I would just, and that's totally valid. I would just counter that to say it's like, that's not the game. The game is just star <laughs> or starless. So like the added context would sort of is a whole segment, whereas this is just a quick game. If you don't like it, fully understand, but we've had enough people in the pro category to welcome us to today's round. I do want to say we need a star or starless segment theme song. I know, I know, I know. I, I thought about this. I was looking I just up. said it's not a segment, and then I'm like, it's a segment. I was looking up some stuff. Like, I'll, I'll workshop this. Maybe it'll be in this episode. Probably not. But uh, if you hear something, wouldn't that be fun? Uh, but, uh, mm-hmm. Also, hey, if you don't like this segment, you can always... Use the 30-second skit. Totally. Feature. So, okay, let's with go. that set, here we go. Bruce. Star. Star. Jake. Starless. Starless. Katura. Star. Starless. Kelly. Starless. Starless. Kendra. Starless. Starless. Austin. Star. Starless. D. Star. Starless. Drew. Star. Starless. Uh, J. Maya. Star. Starless. Julie. <laughs> Starless. Starless. Sifu. Starless. Starless. Emily. Star. Starless. Caleb. Star. Star. Wow. Evan, brutal. I have reasons, but we don't have to. We don't have to dissect now, but we can dissect through the through the recap. When you say you have reasons, you mean I have for reasons you. from my stars. I think that. Well, yeah, I, think I mean, I would hope you do. You <laughs> do. Yeah, that's. Like. I think that a lot of people earned star quality at that tribal council, which was such a refreshing tribal council for me but because they the talked about the game. What are you talking about? Star, yeah. no star you quality. Can be, is a, not one the game. scene can make you a star. Yeah. If it's impactful enough. And so I would say that Jay Maya was a star at Tribal Council because she really pushed back at Caleb in an aggressive way that like we just don't see at Tribal Council anymore. And that I think that's because of the way they'd been editing Tribal Council from 41 to 44. But we finally got like a gamey Tribal Council. And I felt like her pushing back and then D suddenly being like, don't throw my name out there. Uh, I, I felt like tensions were high and I really loved the reactions of everybody at Tribal Council. And I think that that can make you a star. So I hear that. I'm yes anding. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree at all. I didn't feel like any of what you just said rose to the level of like, for me, it was like, it was a very good Tribal Council, mm-hmm. but did it like veer toward iconography in ways that we've seen glimmers of this season? No, but I completely understand like you saying D and J Maya were stars in this episode. I don't disagree. Um, but I guess like, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I want stars and this was not, these were not mm-hmm. star making turns for me. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I feel like maybe in this moment, I'm setting myself up as more of the Simon Cowell to yeah. your Paula Abdul. And okay, that could change. Well, Paula you want to be Randy? That's a bit much. You want to be Kara? Uh, I want to, yeah. You want to be I Ellen? I want to be Kara. I want to be Katy Perry. Do you remember when Ellen was a judge yeah, on American I Idol? I remember when Ellen was a judge. Rough. I know. What was she Real doing rough. judging a singing competition? I do not Not know. to rehash this from 12 years ago, but... Yeah, but maybe now's the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did just want to say, I know, I know it's not part of Star or Starless, but you know, when I was when I was watching the opening credits this week, and I saw Sabaya's name card, 
it was just a reminder of like, God damn it, were we I robbed know. of Sabaya? There's just, especially coming into the merge, I'm just like, I would have, there are so many configurations. I would have been so interested to see who Sabaya would have vibed with, mm-hmm. who she would have tried to align with, would her and Caleb have stayed together? I am. I feel like it was a, a really brutal to lose her so early. Well, no, because ha- if if she was still there, Caleb wouldn't be there. If she was well, unless they had like voted out Sean, but mm. yeah, it was it was a clash of the titans that episode. Mm-hmm. But I, I was really missing her when I realized, oh, of course, like this idol that Bruce is finding is Sabaya. It's the replacement for Sabaya's idol. Which I wanted almost to be the same. Like, I kind of wanted it to be the wax again. Like, let's make this, you know, if we're replanting the idol, let's, let's like, give him something to do with it. Uh, but this was just an easy idol for Bruce to find. Let's talk about the tribes coming together. Because we have this, usually when we have a mergatory, and I can't remember how it happened last year, but usually the tribes come into the challenge, they're told to drop their buffs, they're not in the merge, they have to earn the merge, and that's how they come together. But here they had an entire day and night of just living on the beach together, and you had people like Sifu and Drew really annoyed about that. They were like, we want to play the game, enough with this downtime. We want this game to get going. Like, I don't want to sit here and get to know people. What's your take on that? Because I had a strong reaction to that. Oh, I don't have one. So yeah. Oh, I was like, Drew, shut up. Shut up, Drew. Because this is a part of the game. And to me, that identifies a fatal flaw in your game that you don't realize that downtime and socializing and making connections with people who you don't know is an important part of the game. Like, I'm so tired of these game bots who come in and they just need the challenge to be set. They need to know who has immunity. They need to know what they're dealing with so that they can crunch numbers and try to figure out the right plan. That's not, that's one aspect of Survivor and it's an important aspect of Survivor. But I think that these days where you have nothing to do are just as important, which I've been arguing for years on this podcast uh, is why the 39 days is so uh, changes the game so much is because you have these down days and so much of survivor is about social connection. And I feel like drew revealed himself as a really, really game body person. Whereas I think that's people in his Alliance, like Emily, like, Austin, to some extent, um, Julie probably are like a little more comfortable with this socializing, chit-chatting, small talk, getting to know people. And that can go a long way, especially when it comes to jury votes in the end of the game. So that really rubbed me the wrong way from Drew. Okay, well, let's talk about the emergatory challenge where they're split into teams and they have to do a very typical emergatory challenge of a big obstacle course. But the thing that I really want to point out here is that Jeff, for the first time this season, was really, really getting on my nerves. (laughs) Some of the things that came out of his mouth, I was like, where, like, why? For example, he wrote a couple down. He said, after the challenge was over and the team that lost uh, was uh, made up of Jake, Caleb, Jemiah, D, Emily, and Kelly. And Jeff turns to Caleb and says, Caleb, what do you do in a situation like this where there's nothing you can do but accept it? It's like the answer's in the question. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to do but accept it. Mm -hmm. What kind of question is that? Not like, Caleb, how are you feeling? Caleb, what do you do when you have to do this? Okay, that bothered me. And then also (laughs) during the challenge, when they're like scrambling to get up on the big boulder or whatever, he says, people working, look at this, people working together as a team with people they're competing with as individuals. It's like, yeah, that's every week, every week on Survivor and next week on Survivor. People working together as a team with people they're competing against as individuals. Roll the tape (laughs) back to season one. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, if I ever, and cut to next week, if I ever have to fucking hear Jeff Probst say, 
that's how you do it mm-hmm. on Survivor again. Mm-hmm. I am going to, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> no, but it, it drives me crazy. There's just, it's just one of those phrases that grinds my gears. I hate him saying it, and then I also hate when he says it, because I believe in this episode it was like someone tumbling down the net. And it's yeah. like, what alternative did they have? Like, they were <laughs> falling down a fucking net. It's just like, if he's going to say that, which, by the way, he should never, but if he's going to, it needs to be, like, a tremendous show of strength, not people defaulting to what they have to do because of bodily autonomy. Mm-hmm. Or wait, lack of bodily autonomy, really. Yeah. It's just gravity. <laughs> yeah. I had to say, you said this was a very standard challenge. I don't quite agree. I think it was a variant on a standard challenge. It was incredibly complex. When people make those videos making fun of survivor challenges because you got to do this to get to the rope, to get to the Uh swing, to do the puzzle, this was that. Like, we fully realized this was remarkably complex and not entertaining like because of its complexities in any way. And I I specifically don't like these challenges in which... Once you get ahead, you just stay ahead the whole time. And I understand, well, in the design of the challenge, the thought pattern was potentially at the puzzle. It would become, as Drew let us know, the great equalizer, which by the way, we do not need to have talking heads of people talking about puzzles being the great equalizer. We're quite clear on that. Thank you very much. Um, But when we did see that that was having no consequence for the team that was in the lead, it sort of was like, knowing how complicated this challenge was and how physical it just was like, it was stacked against the team that was majority women from the get go. And unfortunately that's exactly how it played out, which is just really unrewarding to watch as a viewer. It's like, Uh, Oh, like, because all you want in these situations is these women to conquer. And I don't even think that's like, no matter who you're rooting for in the game, it's just fun, you know, when people overcome adversity and, and witnessing that. So when it doesn't happen and you have to watch it prolonged, it's like, I don't know, it's a bummer. Yeah. I said it was a typical mergatory challenge, which like, cast your mind back to the mergatory challenges. There's always the big boulder. It's like, dig up the boulder, push the boulder over several mm-hmm. obstacles, then climb the boulder, then do that. The only thing that really made it different was that there was two puzzles at the end instead of one, which like, right. really made no difference. Okay. You ready for my mergatory challenge? Okay, let's Because you made the comment about Drew and Sifu complaining about having to have the 24 hours or whatever before. Uh-huh. So it needs to be similar to the journey of like, get to know each other. It needs to be, you have 24 hours at the beach, get to know your new tribe. Uh And then it needs to be something, some sort of challenge that's based off of memory of people. Like, you know, what's Dee's sister's name? Yeah. And so it needs to be something along those lines. Now, I understand how you could argue, well, if you're someone from Reba, for instance, yeah. you know more people. So we could we could figure out well, a way. But they, the, then you spread the you spread the questions out so that it's there you foolish. go. There you go. Yeah. My point being, it's like let's take advantage of the fact that they have this 24 hour period and let's use it in the challenge. Yeah, they're scared of that challenge now. There was some problem. There was some problem. I think there was a couple problems, actually, where somebody Mm -hmm. answered and it was, like, correct, but it's not what Survivor had on their thing. And so there was, like, some ambiguity. I think they even had to pay somebody out, if I'm not mistaken, like a Lex or some... Anyways, I don't remember. Yeah. Can I also use this moment to mention, just because I'm looking at my sheet, I do have a little bit of confusion just overall with this season regarding how people feel about other people. And the example I would use was that Dee has a talking head when Drew and Austin arrive at the mer- at, to the beach for the merge, mm-hmm. saying that, like, these are her guys. She was like, anyone else she wouldn't be loyal to. And it's like, wait, what about Julie? Like, or were you just leaving her out because you meant like of all the people that are arriving to the beach right now, these are your two? That really confused me. And then also I just am unclear on Katora's place within mm. everyone besides Bruce. Kelly, you get the impression, is not really there for Katora, but she's also not really there for Bruce. So which yeah. is it? Or is she there for neither of them? Where is Kendra with Katora? Uh, is Katora down bad? I can't really tell. Um, I There's just a lot of dynamics that I'm just, I'm unsure of at the moment. Okay. So I feel like with the D comment, I feel like she was talking about the people coming. And she was uh-huh. like, those are my guys, as in like, my guys, Drew and Austin. No, but They're- she makes a comment saying anybody else 
Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be loyal to... I'm telling you, I, I watched Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I just don't see D shit-talking Julie. Like, I don't I, see I it either, but I'm just saying, but I know that, therein saying. lies the confusion. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And uh, also just like, <laughs> I... I don't know. So you made the comment about like, I will never like the 90 minutes and I did not. This 90 minutes, this dragged for me very much. Really? But But in addition to that, it's like, I'm just, I need more... I want to hear from Julie more um, yeah. and her perspective <laughs> in the game. Um, I want to hear, yeah, I just, I I don't know. On the one hand, I'm like, we are hearing from a lot of people. So maybe I'm yeah. just like, I'm not hearing from my girl. Yeah. So I'm bitter about it. But I feel like we need to like re-edit this and make this the Julie show. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. I think we could make it the Julian D show. I, and I the think Julian D, is D like show a great is 60 minutes. Yeah, no, she's great. She is great. Can we, if we're going, can we say, can we say who's not a great confessionalist? Oh. I think I've got two. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to go with Drew and I'm going to go with Emily. I feel like they are being producers contestants when it comes to the confessionals and being a little too expository and Mm -hmm. it just doesn't feel natural. I agree about Drew. I don't agree about Emily. Okay. I feel it especially about Emily. Really? Yeah. And I feel like when it comes to Drew, Emily, and I'll lump Caleb in here, although Caleb I find more digestible, I feel like with the three of them, it's like there's this over-reliance from the producers to, like, they've identified them Mm -hmm. as being good confessionalists, and they're like, therefore, we're going to give them... They're going to be the ones that disseminate information to the audience. Well, yeah, in a way I mean, where that it's happens like every season. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but think, yeah, it's not to say that that's a good thing, but yeah. And you think, but you think it's always so pointedly as to who it is. Oh yeah. Interesting. I guess you're I right. Mean, you've it's always, like, uh, you've always got a narrator of the season. Huh. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes there are these Drew types where I feel like it's a bit of a put on like all of this yeah like, drew has this voice he does. and all this like yeah i think i think i used but, to think they were sort of being coached to be that way and yeah. maybe they are but i also think there's an element of like i've watched survivor so many years of my life that yeah. that's how you're supposed to act in confessionals and so that's how i'm going to act in my confessionals also drew brought that same voice to tribal yeah. So it wasn't as though he like only does it in confessional, but that same voice, the one he does in Talking Heads and at Tribal, is different from his voice when he's just talking to people at the beach. It's when um, he's performing. It's when the spotlight's on him. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would just say there was like some moments where, <laughs> where Drew looked kind of hot. Like I know you, yeah. We've talked about this before, but this was the first week I saw it. And then, of course, when he wins the mergatory, what? What's his face? Mm-hmm. You're the one that said you watch videos with Drew like pe- people in the past. <laughs> I, I'm only quoting you. Yeah, no, I just like, I'm not like, I was going to say something that I would need bleep, but um, <laughs> never mind. Starts with a G. Uh, he is at the mergatory. Do you feel what I'm talking about? What are you saying? Sorry, say, say it again. <laughs> Never mind. Move on. Move on. Move on. Okay. <laughs> At the mergatory feast where they wouldn't let them rinse off the mud from their bodies before eating, which just seems unhygienic to me. So they forced them to eat covered in mud. Yes, but the shots of them in the mud after the challenge were fabulous, especially D. Oh. I just loved seeing them like covered in mud. It felt like after a long day's work. You know what I mean? Like, it I felt like this is how you do it on Survivor. That's exactly what it felt like. Can yeah. I just say too, while I'm like, again, looking at my list here, remember how like Jake and Katora are like attorneys and Katora's like, uh, or wait, yeah. Jake's, Katora's not going to tell anyone or whatever. Yeah. It's like, now, this. it's like, what you do just doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it does in some instances, but my, my point just being, it's like, it's just, I, I have no idea what any of these people do. It doesn't factor into the game. Julie's also an attorney. I need her. But the thing was, I think that... I think that had that Bellow tribe gone to tribal council early on, we saw that the Jake attorney thing was an issue for people. And so, like, had they been the first to go to tribal council, it may have come into play. And so maybe there is something worthwhile in 
hiding your profession in this specific instance, like Katora did seem right in doing so. And this is something I usually don't agree with, but in this instance and partially Katora made it the issue, mm-hmm. but like that is a bit of strategy that's interesting. And so in this specific instance, I do think it made a difference to Katora, but now here she is, you know, like almost a couple weeks into this game and she's still like can't really talk about work in any way, which I think would be difficult when you're sitting around with people for 24 hours. Because Fair to bring enough. up your work would to bring it would be to bring up that you're a liar, right? Like it's Yeah. No, that's uh, true. And, and like, we saw this, like, we actually saw this play out in the Traders Canada. Like last week, somebody had lied about their job for no reason. And then he was like, Oh, by the way, like that was a lie. And that becomes a big issue for him. In the same way on Traders UK, we saw like the couple hide their that they were a couple and then be like, Oh, you know what? We actually are a couple, and then that becomes a big issue. Like just I, I don't know. If it, it feels like I've always said why create more of a burden on yourself in a game that's already about lying to lie about something that's like seemingly inconsequential or that you could just like talk your way out of. Also, the fact that we have three lawyers on the show, like it's not an oddity to be a lawyer on Survivor. Like it'd be one, it's one thing when you're a football player, I can understand the desire to want to hide that. Um, You know what I mean? Or a Mike White or something. If, but I guess that's a little difficult, you know, but, but the point is it's like, um, you're a lawyer. This Survivor cast lawyers. Three yeah. out of 18 on this cast alone. You know what I mean? What do we say? And Jay Maya, Everyone... and Jay Maya was almost a lawyer. Okay, there you go. Everyone's a lawyer. There's something else we say. Everyone's queer now everyone's in Survivor. Queer. And there's something else too. Everyone's, yeah, but it's just, oh, and everyone's a nerd. Queer, yes. nerdy lawyers. That is how you get on Survivor. That's how you do it on Survivor. That's how you do it on Survivor. To quote, uh, who was it? I think it was Drew. No, so I think it was Drew. No, it wasn't true. Somebody else said uh, described themselves as the losers of that challenge. They said, Loserville, population six. Okay. And I, I thought I thought of you immediately. <laughs> yeah. Loserville. Um, that's a good one. But I wait, did also want to say. Because like, like five minutes ago, I wanted to talk about the Mergatory Feast. Um, but what I wanted to bring up was when Drew said that he wanted to make love to the butter. I thought that was a bit graphic. Did you I catch really, that moment? I didn't, but I'll make sure I catch it in the meeting. Well, I did do a tweet of a man in a butter costume, and I said, me, if Drew wins a million dollars. And I have to say, the replies are attributing it to you, Evan. I don't... Oh, oh, because they... They yeah. think you did the tweet. See, what's so funny is, on this note, sometimes <laughs> I'll pop in to the DMs on Drop Your Buffs Instagram, and I first of all, I'm always shocked by how many... DMs are answered by drop your buffs. <clears throat> What's my job? But what? It's my job. What do you mean you're shocked? Okay. Um, you're good at your job. Yeah, I know. Um, but it's funny because sometimes so sometimes I'll pop in and read them. And it's funny that it's like there's a segment, a large segment of the listenership that that knows that you're talking to Sean in the DM. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes <laughs> sometimes they'll talk to me. But then you'll answer. <laughs> yeah, that will happen. Which like, I appreciate. Very, By the very. way, wait, that was like, that was uh, poking fun shade. But no, I'm genuinely appreciative of the fact that you keep the lights on. Sometimes I do. Uh, sometimes I do correct people that it's not you. But sometimes I don't. It's like, Let, let them live the fantasy. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, you should assume. So I would say the Instagram posts themselves 50-50. But the DMs, Sean. The DMs, yeah, but but the tweet, I'm saying what Oh, the tweet, yeah, yeah, the tweet's you. The tweet is me, but... And because you wouldn't say, write a tweet in that way, but I think that people just know that you had been watching videos with Drew-type figures, and here you are, a stick okay, of butter. Okay, just to address to this, I'll do this for our Patreons. I will show the model that I'm thinking of, specifically, he's a Sean Cody model from okay. back in the day. You're not going to look at it and be like, have an aha moment, but mm. per- perhaps like a segment of, of you will say. If you squint your eyes. Yeah, exactly. And take a hit of poppers, then it's going to look just like Drew. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> so at the merge feast that half of the tribe is at, we get Sifu throwing J. Maya's name out right out of the gate. And 
you have Julie throwing out Caleb and Emily, which seems like the obvious choice here. It's like, we've got these two Lulus. That's an easy vote. But I'm surprised at how much willingness there is to entertain this J. Maya vote from the Rebas. And then that they actually follow through with it. I mean, when they have to, I mean, obviously they're going to vote Caleb first, but they all follow through with voting out J. Maya. It seems like a mistake for me from Reba to so quickly and at this point in the game cut one of the numbers that they could like really rely on. Like I, I think that J. Maya really thought she was tight with this group of people. I don't think she was a risk at all. They weren't concerned that she had any kind of idol or advantage. And so to cut her at this point, like unless she's just ex- extremely annoying around camp or something, which we have not seen, I just don't understand why they were so eager to cut her when you have all these people that they don't know, all these bells. They've got Bruce. I feel like they could have really rallied around uh, a Bruce vote in this episode and it didn't even come up. Yeah, that is true. But I would is have it- cut J. Maya too, so it's hard to... Oh, Why? Because I just don't, I, I guess it's like, I don't, I never really have a sense of how much like tribal loyalty really matters at this, in this version of the game, when there's such a limited amount of time and you have the swap before the merge and it's just so common for tribes to turn on each other. If, if you look at past precedent that like the legitimacy of like moving forward as, as a tribe is just so hit or miss that you really... It's as valid to not work with your tribe that you were. Also, you didn't choose them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they, you were put mm-hmm. with them at the beginning. From what we saw, I agree with you. We didn't get a ton of this, but like from what we saw, people weren't socially vibing with Jay Maya. She felt like an outsider from the get go. Austin has his vendetta against her because of the amulet. So mm-hmm. he likely helped stoke that vote. And I think if. Reba is sort of assessing the scene here. Bello feels a bit destabilized. You know what I mean? Like Katora and Bruce are clearly at odds with one another with one another. Kendra feels a bit like a wild card and pledged her loyalty to the uh yeah. the swapped tribe. Um, I just don't think it's a big risk letting go of Jemaya, in addition to the fact that you have Emily and Caleb, where which still seem like swing votes, and especially if you're Drew and Austin. Judging by the last vote, you think you've got Emily in your pocket. Um, I just feel like getting rid of J-Maya, especially knowing that J-Maya would have potentially been someone to quote-unquote flip. I think that it wasn't like um, an ace in the hole move, but I completely understand why they made it. Yeah, I guess, and I have to correct myself because I said, well, there was no talk about a Bruce vote. That's because he was on the safe team. But I guess what they could have done because, okay, so they have... Jake as an original Bellow and Kelly as an original Bellow who are vulnerable at this vote. Um, And then they've got Emily and Caleb. So, I mean, they they have options. And I guess, I mean, if they're seeing as much as of Kelly as we are, then they might just not be thinking about her in the game at this point. Um, but Jake is kind of a big figure uh, to be in the game. And he's like, you know, like he's big in stature and, uh, you know, like he, he makes an impression on people. So like that, I, I just kind of wanted to hear a like a little bellow name thrown out and I didn't mm-hmm. hear that at all, which I just thought was odd because you would imagine that going into this merge that it would be similar to 44, right? So you have like the Rebas and the Bellows that are like equal-ish in numbers. And then you've got the two Lulus in between. And it's kind of like, okay, well, we can deal with them later. Having said that though, I, so they wouldn't have had, they wouldn't have seen how 44 played out. But you presume that Bruce would have known how 44 played out. I imagine that people would have told him, right? Like his castmates probably filled him in on what happened. And so like, if that's the case, they could have some knowledge about how the previous season played out with like, uh, uh, not a decimated tribe, but a smaller tribe coming into the merge and playing both sides and getting all the way to the end. It could be in their heads, but if I was Bruce, I wouldn't be sharing that information. But still, you would imagine that you have these two big tribes coming together and one wants to assert dominance over the other. And so to see one of them willingly chop one of their own just as confusing to me, especially when it's Jay Maya. I could see Sifu because we had already like planted the seeds of we're unsure about Sifu. We think he has an idol. We're going to lull him into a false sense of security so that we can 
get him out with his idol in his pocket, which he doesn't actually have. But we did see that some of that plan came to fruition because apparently Jemaya did take credit for D's vote against Sifu in that Sean tribal. And so Sifu, like that's why part of the reason why Sifu's throwing Jemaya's name out there is because that those seeds had actually been planted. We saw Jemaya say that she was going to tell him that. We didn't actually see that follow through, but apparently uh, she did follow through on that. So anyways, I just think, I just think Jay Maya was kind of like the wrong name to be throwing out there. Having said that though, they didn't actually, she wasn't plan number one. They did land on Caleb being plan number one. And again, I mean, I guess I do think that strategically it wasn't a bad move, but just like looking at pure numbers, I think that Caleb would be in trouble no matter what point they're at in the game. Right? Because he's always only going to have that just Emily. And anywhere else, he's like an add-on number. Wouldn't that put you in a good spot? Like... I have no idea why they went for Caleb. It made no sense to me at all. It was not told from a storytelling perspective, told well. Because I guess the best that we got was that like... Basically, he's chumming up with everyone. Um, but what wasn't presented was he's chumming up with everyone and no one's buying it. Because yeah. what we had been told before that, especially in previous episodes, was that he's chumming up with everyone and it's working. Everyone is really charmed mm-hmm. by Caleb. Mm-hmm. And, and I yeah, think working and- to his advantage was the fact that like, I think either he is really genuine or a really good actor but like there's the like the it didn't seem like he was putting it on for people yeah and all of a sudden bruce has a problem with caleb like this came out of nowhere for me that bruce is like what why is caleb talking to everybody i thought we but like why isn't then if that's the case why isn't uh uh caleb going to both reba and to katora and being like obviously we can't get bruce out this round but keep but you know keep me around and we can go after him next round and then we can slowly annihilate get rid of kendra get rid of kelly get rid of jake yeah well we did see him go to kelly with this he he did because bruce confronted him and was like why are you talking to everybody and he went to kelly and kelly was like i'm very down for a bruce blindside yeah but i don't think he needed to go to kelly she's irrelevant in this uh yeah but we did see that he is he wants kelly as his number one apparently Mm, i don't know i it's like i think uh, i'm sorry i'm being a little conspiracy theorist Uh i just feel like we're getting a lot of like producers saying say a hundred things and then we'll pick one of them because i don't fully believe caleb with his talking heads about emily because when they had their like scene together they had no chemistry whatsoever all they were talking about was like i'm with you to the end yeah i'm with you to the end but like it felt very like the thing you just say. I don't know if there's something about huh. Caleb and Emily in this episode where I was like, this is not a duo. This is people really? that circumstantially were left together at the end. But like, no, Caleb's going to work with whoever makes him the best deal. I loved that scene where they came back together. And there's like a little moment where Emily like grabs Caleb's arm. And I was like, this is so cute. I feel like Emily just does this with two. people. Uh I gotta say, I'm sorry, and maybe I'm just in a mood. I'm not hot on Emily. <laughs> this has been building for you. I know, but it's like, I just feel like everything that I like was loving about her from those mm-hmm. first two episodes, just like so 180 and she's just like, we were promised this like chaos agent and she mm-hmm. is the opposite. Like, and then she keeps talking as though like the, the deck has been stacked against her, but like at the end of the day, if no, this is Survivor, right? If you keep making it, no matter if you're, it doesn't matter if your name's in contention or, you know, if you're someone, a name that's or whatever, at the end of the day, you keep surviving. So. Yeah. Yeah. I agree that I, like, I want, I wanted more chaos from Emily, but I, and I wish that it had been sustained a little longer on the flip side, had it been sustained a little longer, the chaos, she probably wouldn't be here now. And like, I can't, I, I'm not knocking her game because she corrected the thing that people didn't like about her, but she almost corrected it so much that she's like the perfect survivor player now. Yes. And like, so, so the, the, the rough edges have been sort of like sanded down and they're all smoothed out. And, so I see where you're coming from, but still just like the fact that she had that journey 
has endeared her to me and like imprinted her on me that like, I'm always going to like her. But I do agree that like, I do wish there was, I wish even in the confessionals, I just wish it was a little more like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Because when she had the moment with Bruce, you have Bruce in the confessional all of a sudden being like, I'm telling her that like, we're all good, but like I'm rolling my eyes, blah, blah, blah. Celebrity Mm -hmm. Bruce. And it's like, I wanted the confessional from Emily afterwards being like, yeah, I went to Bruce, but like, fuck that man. And instead it's like nothing. Emily's like, yeah, I don't know if we will necessarily move forward, you know, as allies in the game, but like open-ended. And it's like, Emily. There was a little micro moment from Emily here where that I really liked where she was sitting down with her new Reba alliance. Yeah. And they tell her, look, we're going to vote out Caleb. And she's like, "Okay, I'm going to act like everything's cool. And her face is not cool. And we never like got any kind of reaction from anybody about that. Or we didn't really get to check in with the Reba alliance about what they think Emily's thinking. But I mean, it was written all over her face that she was not happy with this vote. Uh, And of course, she ran straight to Caleb and was like, you need to play your shot in the dark tonight. And uh, so I do think there's like there's I still hold out hope there could be some uh, exciting moments here. But Let's talk about the vote because we get this unanimous vote for Caleb. He plays his shot in the dark and it's the first time in Survivor history that a shot in the dark works. It's not the first time we've pulled a safe scroll, but it's the first time that it actually negates votes and saves somebody. And it negates, uh, the, according to Mike Bloom, the most votes that have ever been negated by an idol or, am- or, or amulet, idol or advantage ever with 11 votes. Beats Kelly Wentworth in in uh, the Wentworth does not count votes in second chance. I'm confused by this vote. Honestly, you see you see Emily go along with the Caleb vote. I think for her, the writing was on the wall. Everybody's voting for Caleb. Why cause an issue? But she also knew that Caleb was going to be playing a shot in the dark. So. There's some element of like, I just can't believe that of all 11 people who voted, that nobody threw out a stray vote in the event that Caleb plays his shot in the dark and is safe. Like that is like so classic survivor strategy that you kind of have to do that I'm surprised nobody did it because anybody could have dictated who goes home with one vote in that round. Yeah, but if the shot in the dark doesn't work and Caleb goes home, then it's everyone's like, well, who? Then the you vote? blame it on Emily. You say Emily didn't want to vote for her number one ally. Yeah, but and then, then you cause a big issue just, for Emily. So you're saying you just lie and then Emily? You like, lie. You, you, you lie Emily. like a D style lie. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I think there's enough people that you can get away with a lie. I did not think that the moment, like the drama of the moment, really like rose any sort of level, considering this was like the first time this had worked in five seasons and the music was really swelling. I didn't feel any type of way about it. You are so wrong. I, well, I mean, like, you're not wrong for you. You're living your truth. But like, I felt, I was like gagged. I was gagged. I don't know. I'm feeling, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. I know. You're in a mood. No, I mean, yes, I'm in I'm a mood joking. right now, perhaps, but I'm also just like, I'm I'm mitting on 45. <laughs> you don't like feeling manipulated by a TV show. I just want more, like, to happen. I just feel like, I don't know, I just don't feel like a lot's what happening. What more could happen? Julie, <laughs> being in the show. <laughs> <laughs> there's just not a lot of, like, dynamics right now. Like, let's be honest. I think there's dynamics. I'm sorry. I think the fact that everyone put a vote on one person shows you that there's not dynamics. How is that good survivor playing that like we have a merge and we have an entirely Mm -hmm. uniform vote? If you look at this from like a television producing standpoint, that is not good television. Now, granted, they got good television because of the shot in the dark. But like in terms of the quality of the players of these game... If everyone is in agreement about the vote, that kind of tells you that like no one's really playing the game. Okay, yes, I agree. I think it's bad gameplay. I think obviously somebody should have voted somewhere else. There should have been a split of some kind because it doesn't make sense that there wouldn't be, especially with a shot in the dark in play. But, and so I think it's bad gameplay that they all vote the same way. However, I think it's better TV for that reason because would I remember in the future 
that like Caleb played his shot in the dark and it worked, but then there was like two votes over here. And so that sent somebody else home and blah, 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 blah. I wouldn't remember that. But this moment of like a unanimous vote gets nullified by the shot in the dark. Like that is memorable. And then we have to re-vote and there's a scramble and like J. Maya goes home. And like, like, I remember that. And you see like the defeat on J. Maya's face in this whole moment where surely she would think like, I could have cast a vote for like Sifu and Sifu would have gone home. Like the, the regret, I feel like, I feel like that, that bad gameplay led to good TV for me. Okay. And that's what I've always been saying. Like I've been saying cast people who aren't these like game body survivor know-it-alls. I want to see some people who like, this was a mistake. This was a big mistake on everybody's part. And I think that that made for better TV. And I just, as I said before, I really liked this tribal. I really liked how people were willing to call each other out. Uh, I felt like the discussion was animated and heated in a way that it typically doesn't get at tribal council. And that even though there was a live tribal, it was like necessitated by, you know, the circumstances that, oh, we have to vote again. We hadn't really like thought this through clearly because nobody even bothered to split the vote the first round. So I felt like... I felt like this was like a blockbuster hour, an hour and a half of television. Wow. Okay. I thought this was like a high for the season, honestly. Okay. Yeah. And that it was like, at like one of our protagonists being say like, you know, this is if, if, if Lulu is the Tika of this season, which I don't know that they are, but like, you know, you're cheering, you're rooting for the underdogs. And here we had like Emily and Caleb are underdogs and, you know, Caleb was in big trouble here and they both got out of it and they're going to be picking up the pieces next week. I feel like it's, it's good storytelling. Now, unfortunately, next week is a double eviction, <laughs> double eviction week where I presume that they're going to be splitting the tribe in half and sending them to separate camps and sending them, which again, I am just going to reiterate, if we need to be doing that, tack that on to the pre-merge, let them play more rounds in the pre-merge because you're telling them they're merged and then you're going to split them up. So they're not actually merged. You know what I mean? It's like we're doing this in the wrong order. But we'll deal with that next week. Okay. Well, let's wrap it up because we've got some stuff to discuss in the after show, which is over on Patreon. If you are not a patron, you can check out the Patreon by going to the link in the show notes to this episode. We are doing a weekly after show where we dive even deeper on these episodes of Survivor 45. And you can also find us on Instagram at Drop Your Buffs Pod, where you're going to comment which emoji on this week's meme cap. I hadn't really thought about this. But is there a butter emoji? Um, I think there is. I think there's a stick of butter. I think, yeah. Stick of butter. Should we do that so that um, Drew can it? Yeah. Okay. Shot. <laughs> <laughs> this is an 18 plus show. I'm sorry, everybody. Do you think Survivor's made for 7 to 11 year olds? Should we Should we start making our show for 7 to 11 year olds? Would it boost our audience? We could try. Okay. <laughs> I take back right. what I said about true looking like a certain, <laughs> a certain model. All right. You can also find us over on Twitter and see uh, Evan's butter tweet over there at Drop Buffs Pod. All right. With that, we are headed to the after show. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.